It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by the resident stat geek over at JetsXFactor.com, the man who we named this show for, of course, the Chronicles of Nania, Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Looking forward to diving into these numbers. This was a really interesting piece to do. Just a, a lot of really uh, revealing uh, just nuggets about their Adam Gase's approach and also just the things, the areas where the Jets are thriving and where they need to be a lot better in 2020. So what we're going to talk about today is how the Jets offense performed at every down and distance in 2019. And I'm going to say this right now, and I said it to Michael before we started recording. If you can find any other person who's putting together this type of detailed analysis for literally any other team in the NFL, let me know, because this is what you're going to get at (laughs) JetsXFactor.com. Michael leaves no stone unturned. And I think this is really interesting because what this tells you about mostly, Michael, is the fact that Adam Gase has very specific tendencies when it comes to down and distance. And it becomes a situation I think we're going to see where Gase sometimes does something for the element of surprise that doesn't make a lot of sense. What I'm saying really is that he has a tendency to outsmart himself, and I think we're going to uncover that as we look through this. So, Michael, let's start with first down. Tell me about what you found when you looked at what the Jets like to do on first down in terms of down and distance, too, because obviously there's first and 10, and there's some penalties where it might be first and five, although there are a lot more first and 10s than first and fives, clearly. Yeah, well, first down was a big problem for them. And look, every single down was for this team. But when you look at a team's inability to convert on third down, because third down conversion rate is such a popular stat to look at for an offense, even during a game, the announcers will love to bring that up. And it's extremely important, obviously, but where third down success really starts is with first and second down, getting into more much more easy to convert third downs can you get yourself into third and one third and two instead of third and ten and that's something the Jets did not do well because they're struggling on first down so the Jets were 20 26th in third down conversion rate about 35 percent from week six through 17 which is after Sam Darnold returned and coinciding with that they were also seventh worst in the average distance of their third downs over that span. So that all starts with struggling on first and second down. So on first down, the run game was a major, major issue. They only averaged 3.2 yards per carry on first down runs. The league average was 4.5. So they were way below that. That was 31st in the league. And and also another way to be productive on third down is to just not even get to third down. 
in the first place, move the chains on first and second down. And that's another thing they really couldn't do. They only picked up a first down on 7% of their first down runs. That was the worst in the league. So not being able to run the ball in first down was a major issue that set them up with a lot of problems on second and third down. Cause when you're facing second and 11, second and 12, second and 10, as often as the jets were, it, it's tough to get out of. So it's definitely improving that first and 10 run game is going to be a major, a really important weakness that they have to fix next year, but they're passing on first down with Sam Darnold in the lineup. Wasn't actually that bad. They averaged 7.1 yards per play on first and 10 passes. That was dead on with the league average. Uh, and they weren't as good at picking up first downs on first down uh, in that category, only 26.8% picking up first downs. That was 23rd in the league. League average is about 29% of first down passing plays result in a first down. So they were moving the chains too much, but overall they were still close to average, maybe a little bit below in terms of first down efficiency in the passing game. But in the running game, they did not do a good job at all of setting up uh, second and third down. So uh, being able to establish that run game on first down is going to be very important because whenever the Jets were doing that, it was extremely unsuccessful. You look at their overall in the season or just from week six through 17, because I counted out those games without Sam Darnold because those are just completely a completely different team. But over the last 12 games of the season, the Jets picked up 446 rushing yards over 141 attempts on first and 10. If they uh, if they picked up yards at the league average on the same amount of carries, they would have had 183 more yards. So their first down run game alone cost them almost 200 yards over the course of the season. That's just first and 10. So it's a huge issue to make that first and 10 run game a lot more productive next year. Michael, what struck me when you were talking about third down conversions, and we're going to get to this a little bit later when we check out the Jets' third down tendencies, is exactly what we've talked about in the past about people sometimes coming at this from a strange thought process because the best way to avoid having to make a tough third down conversion is to not even get to third down. If you convert on first or second down more often, then you don't even make it to third down or worst case scenario, you have a much more manageable third down if you do better on first and second down. So while it is great to see a team with good third down conversion numbers, you also want to see a team that does well on first and second down because otherwise you're putting yourself in that bad position on third down way more often than you should be. Yeah, as I said earlier, the Jets from weeks 6 through 17, seventh worst third down conversion rate, 35.3%. And they also had the sixth longest average yards to go on third down, seven and a half. So those two things really, for the most part, go hand in hand. There are some teams that are exceptions because they have really talented players who can get them out of long distance situations. But for the most part, those two things really correlate with one another. So as important as third down is, your success on that down is extremely reliant on what you do the two downs before that. So uh, all three downs matter. Third down conversion rate is where it is, is the most obvious, you know, because if you're not converting that, then you're most likely going to punt or kick a field goal, uh, except in the rare situations where you're in a good spot to go for it on fourth down. But it's such a crucial down, but setting that up is very important. And that all starts with avoiding negative plays, on the first two downs. That's something the Jets did not do well. So if they're going to improve their third down performance next year, it 
all trickles back down to what they're doing on first and 10, especially in the run game. Because as I said, the passing numbers, really not that bad. The yards per play, about average first down rate, a little bit below that. But the rushing production on first down, league worst. So that has to be a lot better. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Second down was different than first down for the Jets, but still you could see some clear patterns. What did you find when you looked at that? Second down had, in terms of the run versus pass, it was similar. The run game on second down, also a huge issue. Three and 3.3 yards per carry on third down. League average, 4.4, so massively below that. Uh, first down rate on second down runs, 21%. League average, 32 So way below that. And then the passing numbers, they're also pretty average on second down, just like on first down. Yards per play, right on the league average, 6.1 for the Jets, or 6.2 for the Jets, rounding up. Uh, But it's almost identical to the league average. 6.14 for the league average, 6.17 for the Jets. First down rate, Jets 35%, league average 33. So again, first and second down, they, for the most part, pass the ball decently. But the run game is what really, really held them back because whenever they tried to do it, just flat out wasn't going anywhere, especially in longer distance situations on second down. The Jets love to run the ball under Gase this year on second and long situations, which makes sense if you're trying to set up uh, an easier 
third down, but they just struggled with it so much in those second and long plays. So it definitely put them in a lot of it, it made things tough because if you can't, if you don't have the option to, uh, if you don't feel confident in your team actually being able to get yourself four or five yards to set up a third and five, it, it's just a tough situation to be in if you don't have an offense that can do that consistently. So rushing on second down was a big problem, but the passing again was pretty decent uh, on second down, just like it was on first down. So, uh, and another trend that really shows up on second down and third down kind of matches it up as well. They like to run the ball. Gase was kind of doing the opposite of what you would expect. They love to run the ball, as I said earlier, on second and long, but as the distance shortened, they would start to favor the pass more. They had the third highest rushing. They ran on the third highest percentage of plays on 10 yards to go or more on second down, 43%. Only the Ravens and Vikings ran more than that. So I think this is an area where you can kind of put some criticism on Gase because, like I said, the passing on second down wasn't bad at all, but the rushing simply was a huge issue, but yet he still emphasized it on second and longs. And as I said, the Ravens and Vikings, only teams – to run more than them on second and long. They can run the football, those two teams, with Dalvin Cook, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. The Jets could not do that last season. So it put them in a lot of holes. I think it would have made more sense for Gase to favor the pass a lot more on any distance because on second and short, when he's favoring the pass, the Jets did a pretty decent job. Uh, their passing numbers on those second and short situations were pretty decent. Uh, They had a 72.7% first down rate on rush attempts in short yardage, but they weren't running the ball that much on short yardage. So in both situations, uh, in in short yardage to go on second down, they were running the ball really well, but he favored the pass. And on long yardage to go, they were passing better, but he was running more. So it just kind of shows a little bit of uh, a lack of just not being able, not playing to the strengths and weaknesses of his roster. So it would have been better to see Gase play, do things a little more traditionally just because not, not because you want to be a typical offense, but just because that's how the jets were playing in long distance, second down situations, pass the ball. Well, could not run at all short distance. They're running the ball very well. As I said, second best conversion rate uh, running the ball on second and four yards to go or fewer, but their passing game in on those short yardage plays wasn't really that good. They were only 23rd in first down conversion rate on second and four or fewer when passing the ball. So he kind of had them favoring the opposite of their strengths on second down, which is uh, something that he has to turn around for sure. But it's also something he's been doing for quite a while, even before he's with the Jets throughout his Dolphins tenure. So hopefully he can figure this out. But it's been something he's been doing for a while. I think this is a big part of why Jets fans are so frustrated with Gase because anybody who is in a position to be making these types of decisions should be looking at these tendencies and saying, okay, here's what's working, here's what's not working, and adjusting. It seems like he just has this idea of what he wants to do, and no matter what, he's going to do it. And like you said, the other thing is the whole outsmarting everybody else, where they're expecting this, so we're going to do this. But even if the thing that you're doing isn't expected, if it's not working, you shouldn't be doing it. So this is something that I wish Adam Gase would really take a hard look at. Take a look at what's working, what's not working, And make changes based on that He didn't do it last year with the Jets And Michael I think we can both agree If he stays stubborn like that 
in 2020, there are going to be some real problems for this offense. I know that there's been some upgrades on the line, but he still doesn't have the luxury of moving away from the things that work in favor of the things that don't work. Yeah, exactly. It's just, and no matter what sport you're in, that's the coach's job to just mm-hmm. play to the strengths and weaknesses of the roster. And it just, you look at the t- tendencies up and down the board, just kind of doing the opposite of what he really should be doing. And look, the Jets offensive line can't really pass protect either, but the results speak for themselves. He was the second down passing game and long, long distance go situations did a pretty good job. The run game did not, and yet he was emphasizing that very, very heavily, as much as any other team in the league. Then short yardage, loved to pass the ball, even though the run game was doing a lot better. So if he if he were able to, even this past season, just play to those strengths a little bit better, favor what worked more often in each situation, the offense could have been a lot more respectable. Not great, but definitely better than it was. So this is a huge part. As much as any individual player's performance matters, it it also matters what your coach is doing to maximize what they do and don't do well. And Gase did not do a great job of that. This, to say the least, did not do a great job of it this past season. So it's definitely something he's got to get better with. And this second down, looking at the second down production next season will be interesting. How his tendencies change in terms of the way he was going in the opposite of whatever uh, the down distance was, what you would expect. That's what he liked to do this past season. So if the if the O-line gets a little bit better and you could feel a little more confident in what you could do in both phases, it will be interesting to see how that changes, if maybe he flips it around, makes it more traditional overall. But he was kind of blatantly doing the opposite of the strengths and weaknesses uh, of the of the offense in 2019. That's something he's absolutely going to have to change in 2020 if he wants this offense to be successful. And he's going to have to do better on third down, too. It's interesting, Michael, what you said about him running more than he probably should have on second down sort of flips on third down because he basically only passed the ball on third and short and not on third and long. Now, this is a league-wide tendency, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording. I think part of it is the fact that the league has just become a passing league. Part of it is that a lot more of these running backs are expected to be good pass catchers, so that helps on a third down. I think part of it is also that if you go back and look in earlier days in the NFL, you saw big, bruising running backs, even as recently as the 90s, guys like Barry Foster, Natron Means, and players like that who could just plow forward for a couple of yards and you don't see that as much anymore but still the league-wide trend has been to pass on third and short but Adam Gase does it a lot more than most yeah on third and short the Jets were they passed at the eighth third and five or fewer from week six through 17 73 percent passes that was the eighth highest rate in the league and as you said the whole league is really pass friendly pretty much every single distance up until three yards to go on third down. Teams are passing more than 80% of the time, over 90% from seven to nine yards out. Second or third and two, 69%, and then third and one, down to 27%. So everybody's passing. But the Jets did pass quite a bit on third and short. But to Gase's credit, third and short is actually the, uh, the one of the only down and distance ranges where the Jets were actually really good from week six through 17, third or five or fewer. They converted 58% of the time, 57.8%. That was the fifth best rate over that span. The passing game was a big part of that. 55.3% conversion rate on third and five and fewer passes. And from over the second half of the season, weeks 10 through 17, Sam Darnold led the league 
with 22 first down passes uh, on third and five or fewer. So the third and short game was pretty good under Sam Darnold, especially in the passing game. But third and long is where the issues came. They could not get out of those situations. Third and six or longer, the Jets converted only 19.6% of the time. That was third worst in the league, and they struggled in both phases, fifth worst in the run game, fourth worst in the passing game on third and six or more. Uh, But also the running on third and long showed up here on third down as well. The Jets ran 18.5% of the time on third, third down and six to go or more. That was fifth highest. League average was 12.6%. So, again, kind of going in the opposite of the league trends here. But in this situation on third down, it did work out a little bit better because on third and short, they passed the ball really well, and it led to a lot of productivity on third and short. And then on the longer plays, well, just neither was working. But uh, So we probably should have been passing the ball more because the run game wasn't getting them out of it anyway or giving them yards for field position. But – Uh, Third and short, the Jets did do a good job. This is the one area where they were consistently solid under Sam Darnold, and hopefully they do continue that going into next season. Uh, And favoring the pass did work quite a bit for them, so that is something that could be a trademark for them going forward, considering that the results were good for them. But the third and long running probably has to go, unless they can get a lot more efficient running the ball. Uh, it, it really doesn't make sense. Obviously, if you're in a really long situation, you it, you want to just run a draw to get some yards back, then it makes sense. But uh, they were favoring the run over the pass on about about the third and seven to ten range. They were mostly still uh, really even longer than that. About third and six to ten, they were still com- uh, favoring the run uh, more over the pass than most teams do. So that's something that should probably change unless the run game can be drastically better because uh, unless you're in a 10 plus situation you and you really don't feel like you can get it through the air, then you probably should be passing uh, and not trying to get, instead of trying to get those yards back. So hopefully he can just be more pass heavy uh, really on any third down distance, just because they're so successful on third and short, but third down a little more promising than either the first two downs, even though, as we said before, it all trickles down to what you do on those first two downs. Even though the third down results aren't great overall, a lot of that is just because so many of their third downs are longer than most other teams in the league because they're getting stuff so often on the first two downs. But when they were able to get into third and short situations, they converted more often than most teams in the league did, did an excellent job. So the main goal is obviously just doing better in those first two downs so you don't have to face as many third longs and just picking up more first downs on first and second down. So you don't even have to get there, but on third down, there are some promising signs. The one thing I would hope to see is less running in third and long situations. Uh, So if they can do that, that would be good. But uh, getting out of those third down third and longs is also going to be key. As I said, they did not do a good job getting out of those, but uh, better pass protection can help with that really helps your drop back passing game. Give, uh, give you some more time to attack downfield. But third and short, Jets did a good job. That's the biggest positive out of all this. Just think about how weird that is, though, Michael. They pretty much never ran on third and short, but ran way too much on third and long. That seems to be almost like an opposite day type of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's really just the biggest theme with Gase. And as you said earlier, it seems like sometimes he'll just come up with uh, with a game plan that is designed around 
going one step ahead, like, okay, you think I'll attack this weakness? Well, I'm not going to attack it because that's what you expect I'm going to do. And then doing that, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes surprise is a great thing. Sometimes being creative really it just works fantastically. But for the most part, you just want to play to what you do well, what you don't do well, what they do well, what they don't do well. And Gaze just was not doing that, Consist has not consistently done that either with the Dolphins or the Jets. So you, it, you just have to play to your team and the opponent. And that's something he didn't do, has not done well of. Uh, and it's just about pulling out surprises at the right time. Like surprises can be great. We even see Gase pull. He did have some good trick plays last season. They had some decent third and long runs at certain times, but surprise for the sake of surprise just is not a good thing. You have to pull out uh, trick plays, surprises, going against tendencies, things like that. You do it at the right time, not all the time. And also it's counterproductive because if you're like the Jets were last season, so heavily against the league's trends that it's obvious you're going to be doing the obvious, uh, the opposite of whatever is expected, then it's it's just counterproductive because then you just become a team that opponents expect you to do the opposite of what the average team would do. So you just want to be more balanced and more adaptable to every situation, much more built around your own strengths. And these all seem like things that should be, um, uh, you know, cut and dry for most coaches and play callers for Gase, it hasn't been so far and look we'll give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt because the talent on the offensive line specifically was just plain not good at all this past year they battled injuries things like that so we'll see what happens with better health but uh, these have been long-standing issues and they're not really they have not really changed that much so um, you know maybe he'll just figure it all out suddenly I'm not too optimistic about it but you know we'll see We'll see what happens. Hopefully having some more, a healthier roster, a better offensive line could help him. But the, these are some pretty worrying trends. Hopefully he can turn them around. But again, I'm not too optimistic about it. That's going to wrap up part one of this discussion on the Jets down in distance and Adam Gase's play calling tendencies in 2019. As Michael said, there are some changes that need to be made in 2020, and we'll get into that on part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you follow Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. Read his work over at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us. So like I said, if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets dot com.